following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another Kingry Commentary. This is James, Everything's Remarkable, Tyler. Hello, this is Susan Bridges. And unfortunately, Perry Whittle was not able to uh, make it with us, but he is here in spirit and thought. Um, he His work was very... Uh, useful in this episode, um, and I'll talk about some of the stuff he did for me that I thought was pretty remarkable, but, so, just wanted to get that out there, and also, my nickname for this week is in relation to how I listened to the last time's commentary that we did, and I was just really congratulatory of everyone, which I think everyone does do a great job, I'm going to try to be a little bit more critical on this one, so, keep on your toes, Ooh. folks. You're turning over a new leaf. Okay. I am. I'm going to be a jerk from now on. <laughs> but here, we've got your second episode of this season. Um, yes. How, uh, how was it writing this one as opposed to writing the last one for you? Well, this one was a lot more... There's a lot of good character stuff in this mm-hmm. episode. So I had a lot of fun playing with everybody and toying with them and turning them over in my writerly brain. Right. Yeah, I think that the, I mean, one of the greatest uh, things about this um, show is that all these characters are so great, and that one of the great joys is getting to mix them all together. And the first thing I want to say that Perry was such a trooper about is I basically all but forced him to do this scene for me. Because, as I said in past commentaries, I don't deal with intimacy well. So when I saw this on the script, I was like, I think Perry's going to have to do this scene. So I passed that off to him. And I think he did a really great job. I did think he did a really great job. We've got um, a couple uh, actors here who are not, you know, every day, so I think do a really great job. But I think the direction, the sound of the belt here getting dressed, I think is a great touch. I mean, again, that's what Perry does the best, is these old details that paint the picture perfectly. So, really appreciate his work on this episode, or this scene, rather. And on this episode in total. And it's so interesting for this scene for me, because writing Felix, and I'm I'm starting to get used to his voice, because it sounded a lot different in my head while I was writing it. So. Right. But I think Mark does a great job with it, too. I mean, I think... Oh, yeah. And it's funny, because his voice, I think... Um, uh, I think he's been doing a great job throughout, but I can kind of tell, with this episode and also episodes coming up, he's kind of finding... Felix's voice as he goes along, which is an interesting thing to hear, is sort of that develop. Um, and I think it really starts in its stride in this episode, and then the next episode, teaser, teaser, coming up, I think it becomes even more apparent. So Yeah, he's still kind of settling in. Mm-hmm. But he's, again, a great addition to our cast, and I'm glad to have him. And he's pretty brutal in this scene, so. What's going on? Stay out of this, Jen. Absolutely ruthless. Marl. Look at that unfortunate name you got there. Well, Marl, I think there's something a little bit wrong with your nose. There's nothing wrong with my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that amuses me so much. I just, I think, <laughs> he's just one of those people who deserves to be punched right in the face. And I like how he keeps whining. It's wonderful. <laughs> 
just sniveling on the ground. Good job, Marl. Yeah. Um, I believe that's Colin Kelly who did that for us, um, frequent poster on the uh, Yahoo list. But I think he did a really great job there and happy to have him on the show. Did you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Attaboy. Uh, not really, I mean, because I didn't do this scene, I don't have too much to say about it, but I think it did come out really well. Um, and just sort of a great way to open up the episode. Just kind of sets the tone for the whole show, really. It's a little shocking. It is a little shocking, yeah. I mean, you know, all joking aside, to open with that, you know, because I think that the first season... You know, the writers sort of flirted with the how far they could push it, and this, with it, as far as the mature stuff goes. And this episode, or this season, certainly is pushing that far beyond what happened in the first season, as far as content goes. So, see, I am mature, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that exactly. <laughs> I'm mature, yeah. So. But yeah, um, as I was saying in our little pre-commentary talk, I am convinced as each script comes in that the writing staff has a conspiracy to make me be as completely uncomfortable as possible. Well, then we're just doing our job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure that you are plotting against me, as always. <laughs> Harry will tell you that I go through these paranoid... Uh, Rants from time to time. Where <laughs> you think we're all allowed to get you? Mm-hmm. Aww. Absolutely. Which just shows you what a high opinion I have of myself. <laughs> it's like that guy at the office that gets the package and he thinks it's a bomb, and you're like, you must think you're really important. Someone's sending you a bomb to blow you up. I would have that happen to me exactly. But. <laughs> I do. I do. I do often think if something goes wrong, I'm like, is it me? Is it because of my fault? Aww. But no, I think that uh, you guys are just pushing the boundaries, which I really appreciate. I think that it's good. I mean, I like all of sort of our um, more PG-13 material that we have. All the fan shows. I actually am a huge fan of. But I think because we're on. You know, it's this new medium, uh, new media freedom. It's the Wild West. And so where you can really do something that's as mature and sophisticated as the most uh, out there HBO shows like Sopranos and Deadwood, which I've compared the show to, like, in before in the past. Um, and so we've can, watched a lot of that. I have watched a lot of both of those shows. <laughs> yeah, so and I definitely think that that comes through in these scripts and in these the acting even. I think really reflects that sort of mode. So I think that that's how I view this, that if, you know, The King were on anything, it would be an HBO oh, show and would not no. hold back any punches. So I'm I appreciate, you know, you. however much I might Even say that it makes me uncomfortable. And it does. It is something I really do appreciate. <laughs> that you guys yeah. aren't afraid. You aren't I'm shying away from and I, and pulling your punches. So I really do appreciate that. grabs hold of you. I don't, I don't know. I love Here we thing. have that little... Soliloquy there by it's, Regina. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she did really great on the del- delivery. Maybe some good will yeah, she it. absolutely did. This whole. See what you're I am consistently. Here I go again praising everyone, but I am consistently uh, amazed with how talented our actors are. And but everything that's the, uh, a lot of. I mean, especially when you get these sort of 
extended monologues and soliloquies. It's like about pride. hard. I mean, and I, I don't know about this, this one in particular, but I know some of that I have in future episodes. I got them on one take. The actors get them in one take, and I'm just blown away with how amazing they are when they get these uh, extended monologues in. And this just the scene is really phenomenal. So um, there's me kind of going off again. But I do think this episode deserves this uh, scene that, uh, deserves it. No. I was bending my own little pet peeves to have Regina talking for so long to basically herself. Uh-huh. It's just one of my things. Like, I just hate it when characters talk to themselves. I'm like, no, that's just exposition. But then I'm like, well, she's in the hospital. He's her friend. It makes sense. Right. And I, I mean, it, it doesn't come off. I, she's not talking to herself. She's talking to Adam. And, yes, right. he's in a coma, so he can't respond. But she's having a conversation and in some ways, you can almost sort of read it as a prayer of sorts, that it's sort of this moment where she's trying to center herself and find some peace with what's going on, and the best way she can do that is talk to it aloud. And it's also showing that she's really confused right now. Right, because she really does like Adam, even if, you know, she learns, especially after this little conversation with Maddie, that he was not the person that she may have expected him to be. Well, that she cares for him still, maybe not in the way that he wanted her to, and that she's trying to figure out what to think about, what to think about all of that. So. Yeah, and Maddie and Regina together, really great here. Yeah, great comboing. And this is another episode or scene that uh, I keep. I'll keep getting those two words mixed up. Episode and scene. Um, you, you would think that I would know by this point the difference. Oh, it's okay. But um, this scene is another one that was done by Perry, and this background hospital noise I think really is great. I think it sets the scene very well. I was completely going to say that because there's been other scenes in hospitals where you're just like the beeping and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be so horrible and annoying. But mm-hmm. he really did a great job making it just part of the background. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep him on the Excellent right job. That, yes, very good. He, exactly, keeps it at the exact right level where it, you know exactly where you are throughout the entire scene without it feeling obtrusive to the overall feeling of it. And it's about still the characters. I mean, that's one of the things that Jeffrey taught me right from the very beginning is that you can have background sounds, you can have music, but if you're overpowering the characters themselves by those things, then you're missing everything. So... Right. And I think Perry hits that really well in this scene. And we kind of skated over Roberts in the bar talking to that lady before, but yeah. little jingly, jingly drink noises, I like those. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> little ice cubes. Mm-hmm. Anything in a bar. You know, you know me and my drinking. Anything in a bar is, is A-OK by me. I actually realized um, that every script I've written, any audio script I've written for a seminar or otherwise for myself always opens in a bar. I don't know what to make of that. So. <laughs> it's a nice, comfortable location. It is, I think, and I think it's a good place to start a story. Many role-playing games have started their stories in a bar. So Sure, very true. It's, it's a good old standard. And I think that finally, finally, this is the first scene in this episode, see, I got it right there, that I directed. Uh-huh. Let me see. Yes, I did do this one. Asa and Julie on the thoroughfare. Always a good combination. 
I am slowly but surely falling in love with Asa as a character. <laughs> Um, you haven't fallen in love with him already at well, all. Well, of all our characters, obviously, but there's just something. Asa is such an interesting character, and going back, I've listened. I'm constantly listening to season one again and again for inspiration from uh, Seth's direction and some of the writing and making all these connections that I couldn't make on the first listen through. Um, and Asa is just really this prophetic character. I mean, he's sort of because he's so disconnected from it because of his position from everything, he sees everything a lot more clearly than everybody else does. And so uh, he kind of jokes about that in this scene, about how he knows everything that's been going on, but, you know, Julie's not supposed to tell anyone. But it's so... It's just he seems a, like that safe character. Right, He's exactly. the guy it's okay to talk to. Mm-hmm, and so everybody does. He's the Barber of Seville, and so... <laughs> Everyone is willing to tell them anything, even when they really may not should. <laughs> but yeah. True. And plus, he seems kind of like everyone's dad, everyone's advice, everyone's shoulder to cry on. Mm-hmm. He's just this fixture, this, the guy who's always there. And of course, um, with Carl's delivery of his lines and so forth, you know, I have a warm spot for sort of that country draw that he has. <laughs> it's it's very comforting and sort of the sound of it. I remember being very surprised hearing the audition. Mm-hmm. We were like, that's Carl? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Carl, you sound so different. Because <laughs> Carl is also on my Wonder Woman show, so. Right. Um, and I also want to say, while we're complimenting Carl, that Heather is very um, good as well. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. That, that everyone uh, gets equal praise. Um, well, this is all set up. This is all set up. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, so. Everyone pay attention to every moment in this these episodes. Because every... One other thing I really praise the writing on this show is, is that no line is wasted. Everything will come back and have some meaning later down the road, which... Again, going back and listening to season one really bears out that every, there's almost no line in there where I'm like, eh, that probably could have been taken out or it's really unnecessary. Everything really ties together eventually. And we have had some very, very heated discussion on that <laughs> mm-hmm. in our writer meetings where we meet and talk about the scripts. Yeah. Well, it shows. It shows the hard work that y'all go through. Oh, poor hooks. I've seen you walking around this place. You look like a fucking zombie. <laughs> I'm not sleeping well. I'm very so Debbie's pretty pissed. Yeah. De- Debbie is upset. Um, things are not going her way these days. And so I can understand why she would be upset. Um, and as always, Hooks ends up being sort of a unwilling collateral damage in this whole uh, drama. Uh-oh. Don't do drugs, kids. That's all uh-huh. I'm going to say. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Well, we'll see. There's going to be consequences for these actions. Who, Don't worry. Who knew that, you know, Kingry was going to have very... <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. This is another scene I did. And when I found that kicking the door down sound, I was like, oh, this is going to be such a great spot. Um, because I just see... Call me fix. Felix as being this person who just never opens a door. <laughs> right. Like, just doesn't have no idea how a doorknob works. 
can I do for you? Like I so, and yeah. of course, Hooks is very jumpy to begin with, so. Right, exactly. Any sort of. So it's even funnier. It is. Uh, well, scaring Hooks is always funny by its very right. nature. But yeah, he's definitely out of his element whenever the gangsters show up. Well, he's gone, and Julie. Julie doesn't work here anymore. Place as big as this, you can't afford to have people just going on vacation. Got to have coverage. That's not good. Man. I love this scene because then it's just you kind of see Thick starting to smell blood. Right. He's well, like, and he's what? Gonna, he's trying to fill everybody out, and it's interesting to me that you know. Yeah, but it was understandable. Hooks is about. <laughs> Hooks is too dumb to be disloyal, really. <laughs> That he's sort of uh, he's sort of stuck here, and he's got all these different things going on. I see him as overly honest too. He just doesn't know how to be dishonest. He, just, he has no idea how you would be right. that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. He's too sort of yeah. He's a hard worker, and he does what needs to be done. And whenever things get shifty, he would rather be somebody somewhere else. I see him as he'd be a bad liar, just be like, trying <laughs> oh, to run away, liar. just be like, oh god, what do I do? And on a, you know, in a place where, <laughs> there it is again. The <laughs> yep. other thing is that um, there's a little sound cue in there, it's very subtle, but it's, uh, whenever the door kicks in now, and, uh, Hooks knocks over his little stack of pencils or whatever he has. <sighs> very nice. So. I'll be right over to repair but yeah, it's just sort of. This is about the last place where Hooks wants to be. Hello. Here's, I believe, Tommy's sole appearance in this episode, but as always, Pete knocks it out the park. I think you're right because in the writer discussion, Pete was like, "Oh yeah, I am in this episode. Darn it." <laughs> Like, he was like, I was going to lay back, relax. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry, buddy. Yeah, unfortunate but true. You have a couple lines. <laughs> but, you know, no pun intended, uh, Pete never phones it in, so. Oh, no, he was wonderful. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Oh, they're terrible. You'll see what happens. Don't worry. They're horrible. There are consequences for your actions. <laughs> that is the lesson. Right, because that's what... Among all the gunfire and swearing, it's <laughs> a lesson, kids. <laughs> Who knew that this was just one big PSA? Yes, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? And back to Roberts. The oh. bar. Oh, geez. The return of the aptly named Seth the Bartender. Yes, they, everybody laughed when I put that in. I'm like, but it's Seth the Bartender. I should have put Batman the Bartender. Yeah, that would have been perfect, actually. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Wayne retired oh, from the superheroing yeah, job Bruce and goes to space. That is more of his Bruce Wayne voice. Bruce Wayne, the bartender. Mm -hmm. I could see it. <laughs> we'll just have to wait for a couple episodes when Batman shows up. Oh, wait, would that be a spoiler? Oh, shh. Sorry. Bite your tongue. Oh, Regina. Hey. Look, Awkward. I don't know if I want to be talking with you. It's okay. Yeah, 
This was fun. This was a really fun scene. I love this scene. Because mm -hmm. the whole Regina Roberts thing, I think it's really it's a really cool thing for Regina. Like, it really turns the spotlight on her for a while. Mm -hmm. But it also sort of, it's, um, it's a good way to pick that up again, because that was sort of a storyline that I think, you know, was a really interesting storyline that sort of ended on sort of this really tragic note in the closet at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so it's good that that didn't just die there. I think it's good that this relationship needs to continue, and they need to sort of redefine what they are now after that happened. So... And there's a lot of little character moments through here as well as plot things. So, mm -hmm. Like you said, no wasted lines, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing that a lot of people seem to miss is that they seem to think that that whole idea of no wasted lines means that everything has to be exposition, which is not the case. I think that character development is not only important but necessary. So if you have things that seem ancillary, but as long as it helps flesh out the character a bit, I think it really helps. But yeah, I also think it's interesting, this is sort of going back a bit to Seth the bartender, I think it's interesting that Seth's character seems to be a bartender who is perpetually annoyed by drunk people, which seems to be an <laughs> occupational hazard. What day is it? Very true. You were there for a while. Here we're doing a little walking and talking. My, my uh, Aaron Sorkin shot, if you will. Of course I do. Which is actually more difficult than you would think. You would think you could just put the footsteps down and keep the vocals right. at one level, but it's a bit more difficult than that because you still ha you have to still convey movement mm -hmm. in some way. Plus, you got one drunk guy. You do have one drunk person, so you have to have the staggering footsteps in there yes. somewhere. Yeah, we're a little slower. Mm -hmm. ah. All right, I'll uh, I'll make you a sandwich too. Oh my God, Susan. Why what? did you have me have to make a sandwich? Like, there's, <laughs> I heard chopping. I was like, wow, this is an elaborate sandwich. <laughs> it's actually, I'm thinking about all that. It's, not, it's a horrible sandwich. It's just, just absolutely, there's like pepper in it and stuff. It's just that. Well, I like peppers. I don't know. I thought there was some celery. Maybe it was like chicken salad. Possibly. It could be. We'll see. Who knows? But yeah, it was just one of those things. I have these... Every episode, there's a zen oh, back up a bit. When the coffee maker finishes making the oh, coffee, yeah. we've got a green light cameo. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but yeah, when we get up to the like, I was just reading the script, and it was just one of those things where I was like, How, "What does it sound like when someone's making a sandwich?" And you know, of course, it goes back to the obsession of the Kingery writing staff with sandwiches. So. Well, you know, I like to throw little things in like that because I always thought it was fun when I was directing, like to put something completely different in that you didn't get to do before, you know? Right, and I do enjoy it. It's just one of those things <laughs> where it's just that, that initial reaction of like you were just sitting, like, oh my god, me oh, sitting down to plot the scene exactly. I'm like, and then you cry and cry, and then you look for sound effects. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's much much gnashing of teeth, and I'm like, can I just make a sandwich and like do foley work? And then I tried that and it just sounded awful, and I was like, no. You have to just find general like food sound effects and then just pretend like it's a sandwich. I mean, it is a sandwich, of course. So yeah, we got some slapping of meat, some pepper shaking, some yeah. I think 
lettuce chopping or something. I'm not entirely sure what all is in there, but it's a sandwich, folks. She was waiting to there we go. There's the chopping. That's why I was like, wow, this is a great sandwich. I know. But I think um, this scene, it, it helps with, it shows Regina's path, where she's going, mm-hmm. where she is mentally, too. And also Robert's, where he is. And right. I think it's all about setting up motivation. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And this, the point of this scene will become much more clear as episodes come up. But yeah, yes, yes. It is um, a huge moment. Absolutely. Gigantic. Enormous. Um, and it really does set up sort of their trajectories for the ne- the coming of the season, um, and it really sort of sets and both. It's actually of very much longer than usually I make scenes. Well, this in general, this was kind of a lengthier episode. Um, I don't think it was quite as long as the last one, but I was surprised when I got done because it said the script numbers were not that long, but it was just sort of the space that these scenes took was a bit longer than I was expecting. So, maybe I will. But it's good, so I'm not complaining. How can you stand to be around? It's funny too because if you look at the outline, it's like one paragraph. <laughs> But it doesn't matter what the story is. It matters how you tell it. So well, there's so much. It's like they just tell you, well, these two people talk, and this person has a realization of some kind, and then you're like, okay, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. Like I have point A and C, and you have to invent B. No, you might not know the answer to this, but do you know if those outlines will ever become available to us plebeians as far as uh, getting Ooh. to see? You know, I don't know. I suppose you would have to ask our esteemed leader. Yeah, I'll have to pose that to him sometime. But as a fan, let me just say that I would like to see those sometime. Oh, I might be able to work something out. Maybe like in the, if we ever did like a season one CD set or something, that might be something you might want to chalk in there as. That's true. Something that we would like to see. So, you know. Yeah, because really there's, there's pretty much no deviation from the outline. In fact. Right. We're going to be revising the season two one, which that's a situation that's never come up before, but we are going to change it a little bit. That there was something that you thought needed a little revision? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Behind the scenes, folks. That's Uh what you come to these commentaries for, is behind the scenes information. And I should emphasize that there, there are, as far as I know, absolutely no plans to make those available to the public. That was just something that I was suggesting as a possible. <laughs> like a please, please, please. Exactly. That this is me on my knees begging. <laughs> and that's the whole dealio, kid. That is that is the end of this episode. Um, thank you very much. I thought it was wonderful. All the mixing, great job. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to work on, and your scopes, especially with all your funky sound effects, are always great. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention that there are just some really great uh, bits in all of Susan's scripts that are always amusing. One of the things, going back to the very beginning of this episode, Uh one of the things that I put in the audition for uh, Marl was that somebody, the person, people who auditioned had to scream like a girl. Well, I didn't mention (laughs) the actual script. It said scream like a fucking girl, which cracked me up when I first read it. Actually, it was motherfucking. Ah, there you go. So even when it's not in lines, you have lots of bad words in there. I'm a vulgar, vulgar person. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And you seem so sweet. I love it. (laughs) 
so much fun. <laughs> no, I love the Kingery from the bottom of my heart. I do. Self-made men. Yay. The voice talents of Colin Kelly is moral. And credits. And it was Colin as Marl. It was. No, I knew it was. It just took me a second to remember. Um, it's harder for me because I don't, you know, collect the lines and stuff like I do for... Right, exactly. Well, I, I used to do for Wonder Woman, and now mm -hmm. I don't even do that anymore, so... Yeah. It is... Just writing. Uh, and acting. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> On occasion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kept the most busy by Vegas, so everybody go listen to Vegas, by the way. It rocks, too. It is. I I have to say, I've just recently um, started listening to that. Uh-huh. It is awesome. It is it's so, so addictive. It, it is. Like, I just listened to almost everything in just one fell swoop at work yeah. one time, and I was like, this is so good. I So everyone who's involved in Vegas, huge, huge, gigantic kudos Yay. all around great show and it's adult too it is theme. adult too it's an it's it is the um it's the second half of uh pendant's hbo hour for me yeah there you go <laughs> there you go all right folks that's it um we'll see you next month take care thanks for listening i've always wanted to say that <laughs> okay bye folks bye